Hey guys, just a heads up, this is a not safe for work podcast, so keep it in your pants until you won't get busted. <laughs> Orgasmic Terrorist, a podcast about acceptance around becoming authentic within our sexual exploration. Orgasmic Terrorist. Welcome to Orgasmic Terrace. Jenna and Sarah's here. Hi, guys. So, Jenna, what would we like to talk about today? Well, I've got some heaviness on my heart, and it goes along with relationships. And I figured I know that you have been going through your own relationship woes, and I felt like it's a good opportunity for us to discuss what's happening with ourselves and let our, you know, listeners know that we're human too, and we don't have all the answers and to also kind of hold each other accountable and to talk about solutions or talk about what's going on and heartache and, you know, being open and vulnerable. That's the whole goal. I think of what I'd like to have happen today. You in? I'm in. I'm all for it. Fantastic. Um, you know, when you say that, it makes me think about what I'm struggling with right now. So you're talking about having a heavy heart right now. And I hear you. I don't know what's going on in the universe. That's probably a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard of so many horrible stories of people having struggles in their life, like divorces or breakups or str- unfortunately suicides even recently. Some really hard, heavy stuff's going on. And I get that. I, I do take that into, into play when, when, when I'm talking about what I'm feeling in my heart, that I'm just feeling heavy. But at the same time, I've been struggling with my partner. We've been struggling with communication, which is one of the reasons why we had that great episode a couple episodes back about communication. And I used a lot of the techniques you taught me. And I'm trying to encourage myself, trying to be more honest with what comes out of my mouth. You know, it's so easy for me to say what they want to hear or what I think they want to hear. And it's really hard for me to be honest with what's just said out of my mouth. And I've been really working on that, trying to honor myself. So let me give you what's been going on. So one of the miscommunications that we've been having is these mixed signals. So like one minute he'll text me and go, Hey, are you going to be home? And what time? Right. And then I'll express when I'm going to be home now, given there's traffic and there's holdups and everything, but generally within a few minutes, I'm home. Sure. So I'll get home and then I'll get a text message. goes, are you home? And I'll say yes. And then he'll go, great. And then that's it. There's nothing to go with it. Just great. Good to know. Or I'm making dinner. So when this happens, you feel the intention is to check in with you so that he can come and spend time with you in the way that he talks, but then he'll say that. And that's literally it. So then it just kind of feels like your time is being tracked. Right. So I, how do I take it? So that's, that's what I've been struggling with. And it's, there's multiple examples, but that's my first one that comes up. And it, what's really frustrating in my heart is that you're right. The intention. So is the intention that you want to spend time with me or are you aiming to head my way, but you're not communicating that. And nine times out of 10, he doesn't even say anything beyond great or okay. You know, like it's not checking to say, Hey, what are you having for dinner? Or what are you going to do tonight? And I do get texts where he's asking me, what are you doing? And I'll say, well, I'm on the computer. And he's like, okay. And that's where it kind of disappears. Right. And so I understand 
we have separate households and where the mixed signals are is then the fact that I feel an intention is one way and then I'm getting another or then he's doing another. Right. So I'm sure things have changed for you guys, you know, in your relationships as you've grown and been together longer. And I'm sure that there's a pattern for you in the beginning. When he does this, I'm going to get this. And when he says this, then this is going to happen. And, you know, that's a total normal thing. It's, I don't like the word expectations just because it's so easy to let anybody down when they have one, but you get for the kind of simplistic way to say it, you kind of get trained into what to expect from each communication that you get. And then life changes and our relationships change and they grow and they stretch and they crack and sometimes they break and it's repair and it's wound and it's hurt. And all of these things color into how we continue to communicate, right? And that could be a a good thing and it could definitely be a bad thing too. We found something for you that used to be so joyful and was such an easy thing to anticipate what the outcome was going to be, how it's now turned into not that at all. So you're still in one place with it, with this idea of he says this and I get X and he's just like, yep, checking in. And that's a, that's a hard, that hurts in itself. You know what I mean? I completely understand that. It's not. There are people, there are partners, there are lovers, there are best friends, there are confidants, there are, there's the, the, a chalice for so many things for us. And to see, you know, especially I know that I've been struggling a lot and it's now been a long time and it, I just fucking feel heavy. I feel like I can't do anything right. I feel like I can't please either of my partners at times. I feel like I'm too much and ultimately not enough. I feel like I people please the shit out of everybody because I just want everybody to be okay. And I'm feeling lost. I made the comment the other day that I realized I'm an inherently very happy person and I really don't wake up in a bad mood. And I just have to find out which which version of my partners I'm getting that day. And that's (laughs) going to set the whole tone, right? Right. One errant K or one errant, you know, love you instead of I love whatever that entire phrase is, right? Like if you say, I love you, babe, every single time, and then you get love you. That's a different connotation that sends us into panic. It's not the norm. It's not the expectation. And then that makes me insecure. And that might not have been their intention, but it doesn't make it not valid for us. You know, I'm resonating with this word about the the pattern. Like, you know, I was always wondering when back and sorry to go off on this one, but back back in the day, you remember when they said, oh, women don't try to change your men. Remember that be who you are in the very beginning, because if you're one way and then you change and it's all your fault. Do you remember I remember hearing yeah, that. It's all, yes, I do. And it's <laughs> the whole thing is complete fucking bullshit. I love that. You know, that we're taught from a young age that we are here to be basically subservient second class citizens. If we're included at all, it's just so fucking tiring. It's so misogynistic and it's, it's fucking done. Like you, we're taught not to do that. And I will go as far as to say, so are men. 
in a lot of ways. It's like everybody does the dog and pony show when you first date because you have to be on your best behavior, right? Don't show them the crazy too soon because people, we are scared of giving the narratives that other people have given to us about who we are. So my insecurity might not have been that, but because you told me that this is a problem for me, now I've accepted responsibility for it. And now it's an insecurity of mine. First of all, my fault shouldn't be my responsibility. That is your fucking problem. If you have this problem with me, I guess that's your problem. I am here to do reparative work and I am here to hear you, but um, you're just helping train me to continue to be not okay. Wow. We all do the dog and pony, right? It's always bullshit. I will say, I will say for, for a a good job, Jenna, my first date with my boyfriend, I had not dated outside of lifestyle communities. That's a different type of dating. Everybody kind of knows everybody and we're already kind of in the sexual mode and all this stuff. This was an outside date outside of community. I didn't know this person. I don't know about him. I can't vet him. I don't know what is happening. I can't have sex because I've just had surgery. Seems like a great time for me because then I also can't just jump in bed with them. Right. Which by the way, I don't fucking care. I should be able to fuck whoever I want and how many I want. Don't judge me because I go to bed with somebody first date. Back off. Fuck. There shouldn't be someone like, don't deny yourself. Go do the thing. And if you figure out it's fucking not worth it at the end, then it's not worth it at the end. Yeah. Well, I've many of them that way. And we're still friends. Yeah. yeah. See, you can get something out of it. But my poor, poor boyfriend got Jenna first date and fucking I don't know how many years. And I was just like, Blah. I truly was like, this is me. This is exactly who I am. This is how I am. This is what you can expect of me. If I'm too much, you should get out now. Right. I did the whole thing. And I was like, oh my God, stop talking. What are you saying? What are you doing? You sound like a lunatic. Got me a second date. And here we are a year and something, you know, <laughs> later. And he was like, it was actually refreshing. He was like, it was crazy. Don't get me wrong. It, it was, but it was fantastic. You just, you said all of the things and, and here quite on like, the flip side of all this, which is super funny. Yeah. yeah no, it's, date with, with my lover just to have sex. That's yeah. all we met for. We were meeting just to have sex. And then the flip out of right. it, you know, like, I'm like, I told me exactly what I wanted. I met him just to have my pussy. Yeah. That's what it was. And he did a damn good job. And then we did this and that and this. And like hours later, hours later, I'm laying there going, what the fuck just happened to me? And then I was like, okay, that's it. Walk out. Didn't think it was ever going to happen again. Well, then it happened again. And then again, and then again. And then it's like a year and a half later. You're right. It's, it's insane. You know, it's things happen and all of those things, but communication, we've already had the conversation on. And and that's going to be a big part of today's too, is just you know, fuck man. I tell you, I've been in tears more times than I care to admit in the last two weeks. It's been a real big struggle, a real big struggle being the hinge in a relationship. I have responsibility to my two partners and I have felt like it's been glaringly obvious on how I'm feeling for each of them. And then I'm also hurt. I'm hurt that I'm starting to do the unhealthy stuff. I'm finding me not, you know, these old trauma responses are coming up and I'm just taking them right out of the fucking ditch that they came from, knowing that I have all these other tools, knowing 
that this is not healthy, knowing that I'm not honoring myself. I'm not honoring my boundaries, feeling like I'm less than shame spiraling, you know, fuck's sake. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to think I couldn't lose just one partner. I could lose both. And my life is not what it was a year and a half ago when all this started. I was full-time employed, making awesome money and I had my coaching gig on the side and was kicking ass on that. And I still had my uterus. (laughs) I mean, there's just like so many things. I didn't almost die during surgery. You know, I mean, there's so many things that have happened. And I just like, I'm terrified. I am absolutely terrified of my life these last couple of weeks. Devastated, heart-wrenched, affected horribly. You know, I mean, it's just, it's fucking a lot right now. And, and then you get the other pressure of like your friends that aren't, don't understand open relationships. And well, wouldn't it just be easier if you could not do this? And you asked me even too, what does that look like for you? And it's, if I had to go monogamous again, and it was my choice, my choice for me, then I would stick to that stuff. But I am polyamorous. That is who I am. If I make the decisions to have my relationship model monogamy or model whatever else, my heart is still polyamorous. And that's really fucking hard for both my partners. And it seems real fucking unfair to both of them, too. You mentioned earlier something about trauma responses. And before we turn the podcast on, you had mentioned something about recognizing the trauma responses Help me understand that a little bit more. Okay. So um, I, for me, uh, people pleasing is a trauma response. So you have, when you are in trauma, when you are in your limbic brain, it is fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. You and I have discussed this before, Um, but that is when your primal brain takes over and it is just trying to get you to survive. So that is also why when we are in that emotional state, It is not healthy to have any conversations, try and decide anything because nothing's going to land. It's going to be fucking terrible, but we still do because we're scared. You know, I have abandonment issues. So if I feel like I want to stand up for myself in something, but I, I'm scared that if I do, my partner's going to leave me. Right. So I, maybe I won't, maybe I'll just make myself small. For me, it's a very physical thing too, because I have that mind-body connection where it's if I am tight in my chest, tight in my sternum, when my heart hurts, my sternum feels like somebody is fucking got a knife in there and it's trying, they're trying to crack it open and I, and it, I'll go quiet. I'll get still. I'll forget to breathe. I disassociate. I people please. The easiest thing for me is to people please. I will not intentionally lie to you, but I will definitely tell you anything that I can think of that you want to hear to get me out of this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to feel these feelings. You know, if I feel like I'm trying to have a a boundary discussion and I'm trying to like, look, you're hurting me or this is hurting me or whatever. And I don't feel heard. Good luck at me to talk for the next six to eight hours. I mean, I just shut down. I will stare off into space. Blood rushes into my ears. My heart races. All of those are trauma responses. Pick your poison. There's a million different trauma responses. So you just, you have to start to recognize what yours are 
and God damn it. It's like, it's so easy for me to tell everybody, how, you know, to do this, but I'm telling you that I struggle in those moments to do that. We're human. It's easy for me to tell you how to walk yourself out of people pleasing or whatever, but don't ask me to do it. (laughs) I suck at it too. I think I'm just dedicated to not being stuck in that cycle. And when I do feel like I'm hesitant to say, I don't want to say fail because I truly believe that you should never feel bad about your trauma responses. Your trauma responses have kept you alive your entire life, have had you survive to this point every fucking time. So don't denigrate that. Don't call yourself stupid. Don't shame spiral and say, Jesus Christ, I'm such a this, I'm such a that. You're not. You can look at your trauma response and you can say, I I see you. Thank you for showing up, but I'm tired of you. And I want to learn a new pattern and I have this tool and I think I'm going to try it. And that being said, it's super fucking hard, right? It's hard to, when you've done this your whole life and all of a sudden, like you can't undo a trauma response of 20 years in the day that you realize it's a trauma response. You can't, it's not even realistic to expect it in the next year, you know, and, and we're so fucked up and we're so fucking hard on ourselves. And we're like, I should, well, I have the tools now I should fucking know. And then we use it to self-flagellate and we fucking shame spiral and it goes right back to the same thing, which is another trauma response. So it's like, you know, this, this tornado of suck. Oh, I love that. So, I mean, I love how you put that because that's exactly what has been going through my heart lately. I've, I'm doing the same pattern that I've done before I run. I'm a fleer because I don't want confrontation. And it's so easy for me to say, fuck it, I'm out. And I did. I said that to my lover yesterday because I'm to the point now that I feel, and it's not so much that he is doing anything. Well, he is doing some things that are, I just can't understand or I can't seem to work through. But what I'm having a hard time with is, is that I feel like we're doing the same thing. You know, like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different yes. result. Yes. And I love that definition. Even my son uses it with me. He'll come in and says, um, yeah, it was an insane day. And I know the definition. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so the part that I've been struggling with is that I get to the point where I don't feel heard what the fuck is the point of staying? So I, I think yeah. where I'm, I'm sitting in the moment today and probably tomorrow going, okay, well, if, if I'm not done with the situation, how do we fix it? And I know it's going to take both of us. So that means he's got to be open to it. Absolutely. And I think that's the key, right? It's not just our responsibility. And especially us wanting to do this podcast, wanting to talk about these things, doing the work that we have done fully for the last couple of years, you know, me going through Somatica Institute for the sex coach certification, me, you know, doing, doing all the courses through NICAM. I mean, I'm taking the same courses as therapists are taking without the CE credits, right? Oh man, don't, that fucking triggered me the other night too. My poor boyfriend made the mistake of telling me that you, again, a, a common, you know, certifications and whatever else you have at the end of the name, your name, the more you'll get paid. And a, I don't do this for the fucking money. I know what I'm worth. And I know that I undercharge at times, but I don't want to price people out of help. 
period. B, that's been a fucking insecurity my entire life. All of my family went to college. I was supposed to go to college. I got accepted to Fresno State and then I didn't happen for me and I got pregnant young and I've gone into the workforce and to see me get passed up for shit that other people, just because they're, they have the two letters after the end of their names, motherfucker, come sit in my job for a day. I will run circles around you, but <laughs> it is a very triggering thing for me to hear. And my boyfriend basically said that the other night and I lost my shit. It was super emotional and it hurt my feelings to hear my person say this to me. I'm already taking courses that you're going to take in your life coming up here. Like kind of a, how dare you? And when do I get to matter? When is it my turn? Now, see, none of that was his responsibility. That was on me. I lost my shit and put it all on him. Like it was his fault. And that wasn't fair at all. But when life gets so heavy, as you were saying, suicide and deaths and breakups and fucking just, you know, sometimes relationships are just hard. They're not, they're not easy. You know, they're just not. And there's been so much growth. And I, I have two partners who I love immensely. And I swear to God, they're the same person. I mean, they both struggle with the same things. Neither of them are good with change. And here's Jenna. I mean, Jesus Christ, you can't ask for a worse, worse fucking partner. And I'm like all about change. Every day is new for me and every day is different for me. And I'm overwhelming. I know I get excited and I, and I, you know, I, I overwhelm with my excitement, with my compersion, with my want to be this good divining light for them and supportive. And I want to know that I showed up and I want to know that I made a difference and I want to know. And it's like a lot of pressure to put on them, I think, as I'm hearing it come out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> Which is, I'm laughing at you because I do the exact same the thing. Support. I was explaining my troubles with my lover earlier talking to you and reading my text message and I'm seeing through his eyes all of a sudden and I'm reading I'm like no wonder he's freaking frustrated and confused right now because this statement made absolutely no sense okay I will be fair with you so I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to say hold on a second because in the communication to you it was just a statement of I guess I don't really understand And it's a continued statement and you have been okay, but we're not mind readers. And so my comment to you was like, state clearly because I, I do with my partners. I am not a mind reader. I do not know what is going on in your head. I am here to support you and show up for you and however you need, but I can't know what you need if you don't use your, those things called words, (laughs) you know, I'm sorry. I love how you say that. Awesome. Just. So I was like, tell him you're not a mind reader. Tell him that you are more than happy to answer any questions. But so far, it's only been a statement. And what are your actual questions? Because for me, sitting in the the passenger seat of this snapshot of your relationship, he's putting all of the responsibility on you to, and I'm sure you've done it, baby girl. I'm sure you've enabled the shit out of him doing this. I do it to my partners. They do it to me. We enable people all the time against what we really fucking want. So there's no doubt in my mind that you have people pleased before and just said whatever you could say and made everything perfectly okay for them in their moment, even though it's really fucking hurting you. And then you disappear. And where's Sarah? 
Right. And Sarah's over here going, oh, I'm just going to take this devastation and this hurt and this anger and this betrayal, and I'm just going to lock it in the box because I know I can get through it, but my partner's struggling right now. So I just want to be there. Do you know what we don't do? We never really go back in the box. Right. And so we just keep adding to the box every time it happens. And I'm not saying that women are the only ones doing this. I, I'm not saying I'm the only one doing this. I'm sure my partners are doing this too. Miscommunication is a fucking bitch, man. And to not feel validated and to not feel heard and to not feel supported and valued and loved for who you are, that's fucking rough. It's real fucking rough, you know? And to know that the growth that you've done for yourself to heal the wounds that you've had in your life can distance you from partners is how fucking traumatizing is that, right? I'm so much healthier and I'm so much happier and I'm trying so much harder and I'm doing better for myself around less people pleasing. And now if I'm, you know, people pleasing, I'll be like, I'm people pleasing. I'll call myself out about it and I'll say it out loud. And that way my partners know that I'm you know, I'm not trying to lie, but I'm definitely not trying to have this conversation, you know? Fascinating. I've been catching myself more and more by the people pleasing part. I do it at work being the person I am. When I show the people that I work with, I have to please them or at least show up. Part of what's really hard for me is not to take it over and do their job for them. I have to stand back and I've worked really hard. I put things in place that I don't override them because I need them to be successful on their own. Yeah. And I, I don't do that in my relationship. And I you will. know what you, I know, but you're so, I like, I think you're so hard on yourself too. I don't feel like you acknowledge I feel like you kind of microaggression yourself all the time. And it's so funny. I just had a conversation this, this weekend with a dear friend of mine about the same thing. And I know I'm guilty of it too. So this is not a, like a you, you, you thing. No, I, no, like, no, I no, definitely no. know I do this, but you'll say these beautiful things, or at least you're relating to me, what your communication has been and what you're trying to do and, and these things. And then in the next breath, you'll take it away from yourself. Small. Little tiny little comments that you make, you just, it's like all your responsibility. It's all your fault again. And it's, I can see it on you. You know, we talk about that physical stuff. I'm a fucking balling mess today. It's, it's been a heavy day. It's been a heavy fucking six weeks for sure. Like fucked up six weeks for sure. And we have to maintain during that time. Like you're saying, you have to go in, you have to go to work. I have gatherings and social events at my house and everything has to be okay. Because God forbid they see a crack, right? <laughs> God forbid there's a scene. I don't like to be embarrassed. I don't like to have altercations. It's definitely like a boundary for me because it's so, it's, I just, I don't like to be embarrassed. I will never embarrass you. Don't embarrass me. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter why that affects me so bad. It doesn't matter if you think it's, stupid. I don't like that. Right. Right. could be any, whatever. I'm so proud of you for holding your boundary. I understand that there was some fucked up texting because we're emotional and we're trying to get words out and it's not working, but that doesn't mean that all of what you said is now garbage. You know what I mean? Right. And you're right. But when I went back to reading it, I read where the failures were, 
what she was seeing. And it was interesting. Not that I'm going to take away anything I said, because what I said came from the heart. But what I want to say from now on is not going to do it this way. If we're going to have these conversations, they're going to be face to face. Yeah. It have to be. It is oh not working doing it any other way. Now, and technology then, is the worst on fucking relationships. You can misconstrue any fucking, re- any text. My next yeah. struggle lately, and I see it in my story. I had in a previous relationship, four-year relationship that lived in my house was an alcoholic. And this was yeah. my first exposure to drinking at this level, because I don't come from that. My families aren't drinkers. Matter of fact, we barely had wine for Christmas or we would have the sip of communion once a year. And that'd be about it for my family. Right. So when I got into this relationship with my previous partner, he was an alcoholic and I was people pleasing. I bought 18 beers a day for him and he gladly drank them all. And yeah, I gladly paid for it. And I did that for four years. And then when I finally stood my ground and learned that's not what I wanted out of life, that wasn't what I deserved for myself. And I was, I don't want to say better than him, but better than that. Than being him and being there for him and working and being yelled at and all this other stuff that was not healthy in the relationship. What I've noticed is I'm very sensitive when alcohol becomes part of a relationship. And I have been drinking a lot lately. So it it is a focus on me when I look internally on me and going, hey, alcohol's been creeping in a lot. Check yourself. Check that your responses aren't coming because you were hazy under the influence. Reason why I bring it up was the other day we had a face to face and my partner was drinking. And the hard part about that whole conversation was it was very aggressive coming from him. And I was trying to people please, but meanwhile, trying to communicate, but trying to take boundaries and shove it in front of me and say, you're not going to cross it. There was a huge struggle going on at the same time. Yeah. Realizing he's sitting over there across from me under the influence. And I know that this is taking a factor in his cognitive understanding and, and of nature and exactly it's triggering all that. Yeah. And I think that is a factor that needs to be brought into communication. You know, like when you're doing soul searching, it should be your soul and that other person's and nothing else influencing it. Yeah. I mean, Uh, and it's, you know, alcohol and drugs, whatever drug you want to talk about, insert X here or whatever, none of that is conducive. It's only going to feed into an emotional conversation, which is something that again, should not like the minute anybody realizes they're an emotional conversation, it is such the time to be like, Hey, we need to put a pin in this and we need to walk away. You get alcohol involved and it lowers inhibitions and you get in your feels and you just, you just, you love this person and you just need them to understand. And you just know if you just another 20 seconds, I'm going to say exactly what they need to hear and they're going to get it. And we're going to have this big breakthrough. And it's like four hours later of screaming and yelling and I want to die. I don't want to live anymore. And my heart's broken and your heart's broken. And what the fuck? I don't even understand what's happening. And then, you know, there's the shitty next day sometimes where the partner doesn't remember. (laughs) And then it's like, 
that's another kick in the pussy, right? Like, right. holy fuck. You can say all or, these things or we can express yeah. all these feelings that came out of somewhere. But then like it's, and I listen, 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 I, I'll be the first to admit I have been fucking guilty of this lately. When I've been going through it. Depressive cycle came out of that. I know I was drinking too much. I backed off of that. I went dry for a bit during the week. I'll have some on the weekends. I think I'm going to go back to that. I'm guilty of the also like, fuck, I know we talked last night and fuck. Like, I don't fuck. I know. And then I have to be held accountable. And how do you hold somebody accountable when they can't remember? Right. I mean, you can, you're just like, and that would be where it would be. It was, would be your conversation about we're not having conversations. If I feel like you're intoxicated, or if you feel like I'm intoxicated, then our boundary is we simply just don't have the conversation. Right. No, or look, your drinking is at this level and I'm not comfortable with this. And if that's something that's important for you to continue to maintain in your life, then this is my boundary around that. And it could be an A, B or C. A, I will only see you when you're sober. It could be B, if we get in that moment, I'm going to cut and run or whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be an end to the relationship. It just has to have, you like have to have understandings around it, but right. you know, it doesn't have to be that either. It can be having these deep heartfelt confessions with your person, with your partner, when you're struggling and your intimacy is struggling and you, you're feeling disconnected and feeling like you're on opposite ends and you're both trying, but it's not working. And you have these amazing come to Jesus meetings and it's, you feel so good. And the end result seems so positive. And so, you know, for me, that's an expectation. So I just continue on my happy way. And then a week later, it's the same fucking conversation. And actually none of what we talked about was real. None of that um, made it anything better. You know what I mean? So it's just fuck man. <laughs> fuck <laughs> dedication and love for your person and deciding what's best for you, what you can handle healthily, what what's best for them, what they can handle healthily. Yeah. I think some prayer in there to whatever deity <laughs> or whatever, some hail Marys, some fucking salt over your I, shoulders. Well, sage, you know, some, I've been hearing a lot of this, Jesus? the mindfulness, getting in touch back with your body, being yeah. at peace and then yeah. in yourself. I haven't got into a lot of mindful practice, which I start doing. I mean, I, I feel that it, there's some positive parts to it. And I think sure shit need to get back into it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, I do. Because <laughs> I think there's some bonuses there. You learn a lot about feeling your body, when, you know, like in this response. I remember when I was younger and when guilt would come up, I could tell you where it was when I was younger in my body. I didn't know that's what I knew, but I knew, oh God, it's going to hurt right there. Or yeah. Well, when I had a relationship go good or go bad, I could tell you how my body was. Now it's just all over the place, you know. I'm turning disconnected, huh? So disconnected. And I yeah. this is why I was seeing a holistic healer for a little bit was that she would help me get back in contact, get the two pieces together. And it helps sure. really empowers the body to be going through something like that. And uh, it's not for everybody. My brother-in-law happened to go to somebody that did Reiki and helped him a lot with his depression and yeah. his body. Yeah. And I saw some positive things with him when he was doing Reiki. My ear reflexologist with her ear beads are, are fucking amazing. I mean, there's not a bead that doesn't can't cure something on my body. We're talking sex drive, being able to poop, uh, shoulder pain, uh, <laughs> you know, 
quitting smoking, like all the things, like it's definitely, there's other things out there besides what we just do to ourselves. And you're right. The mind body connection is definitely what I meant by that. Our bodies are our warning systems. And because we're not taught to be embodied, we're so disassociated with what that means. I'm conscious of all of those things that are happening in me. And I've gone through training and I know what to look for. Doesn't mean that I'm at the time going to have the capability of listening to that. But that is, I think, part of the mindfulness is holding boundaries and honoring yourself, not getting caught up for me in the people pleasing, not wanting to continue a conversation that is harmful and hurtful to me, even though my partner wants to. I'll get myself into that all day long with anybody, friend, relative, lover. I I, I want to just be the best thing for these people. It it gives me value. It it brings me pleasure and and that's self-esteem. And I think that's the issue is we need to look at where our self-esteem is and where we're trying to get it from and where we're trying to get validation from, because the two most important people right now are you and me. And that's, for you, for you. And for me, for me, I have my three personalities, my, me, myself, and I, (laughs) they come to the table all the time, but I know what's best for all of them. And it just depends on, can I really hold those boundaries? And it's, it's a real work in progress for me. And that's why I've started to kind of self-sabotage in that way of I'll say a completely people-pleasing thing. And I know that I've started to affect this face while I'm saying it. And then at the end, I'll go, I was people-pleasing. And I hate it because it's immediately going to go into conflict. I'm going to feel like they're disappointed and what's my responsibility. And then I'm going to feel they think I'm crazy or whatever negative connotation. And then I'm actually going to have to say the thing now. I'm actually going to have to be honest now. And it it terrifies me because I have abandonment issues. So it's like, at what point when all of my trauma do I get to pick me and confidently just know? And I I don't know. I'm working on it. I want to work on it. I want to be better. I want to be healed. And I want to be loved for me. And I understand that not everybody can walk with me on that path. Right. And I said it before people are, are, what did I say? A reason, a season or a lifetime. I love it. Relationships, um, relationships. Also, I think a Justin Bieber song. So don't don't give me that quote entirely, but it has <laughs> resonated with me, and I do ultimately appreciate that. That relationships yeah. have three types: reason, season, and lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Was that a song by Justin Bieber? Yeah, it's it's literally called Lifetime. Oh, I have to look that up. Yeah, I, I, that is like it's it's a, there's more words to it, kind of. Obviously, it's a song, but that's the a reason, a season or a lifetime. And I've always had probably more antiquated versions of that in my life explaining the same thing, but that one really sticks with me. I love it. I have, I have a personal mantra, which is I have a table in my life and I only have so many chairs around my table and it's really nobody's business. How many chairs are there? It's, I could have a big table one day and I could have a small table the next day, but The people sitting at my table must bring something to me. It must be laughter, a shoulder to cry on, a trusting confidant, something that's going to make me laugh, something. And the minute that they don't, they have to go. I only have so many chairs. I love you. I don't wish you ill will. I don't hate you, but you're just simply not at my table anymore. And likewise for me, if I'm at somebody's table, I better fucking bring them something. 
otherwise, what the fuck are we doing? We're wasting each other's time. That's effectively what it comes down to. Any type of anything that you are forcing yourself to do, fucking through it, as you know, I love to call it, you're wasting your time and you're wasting their time because neither of you are getting what you want. Neither of you are getting what you need. One of you is losing. Like, what's the cost? And I had a, an interesting conversation again with my girlfriend the other day about the word compromise. And she feels that compromise is a negative thing. And my first thing was, what the fuck do you mean? Compromise is great. Both people get something, maybe not all, but something. But in her relationship styles, that doesn't met out to a good feeling. Compromise is somebody's losing or you both are losing because you're both not getting exactly what you want. And man, you know, in a perfect fucking world, I fuck. Yeah. Like I would love to never have to compromise. Right. Cause then you just always get you what you want. But in my relationship dynamics, that's not a thing. Compromise. I feel can be healthy though. She fucked me up and I've been thinking about it ever since. And I'm like, God damn it. Now I have to fucking rethink everything. I don't want well, her to be right. <laughs> it's funny that you bring it up. I, for a long time ago, I was going to write a book about how to have a healthy relationship. Of course, at that time I had no healthy relationships. Yeah. So, I'm like, how are we doing, babe? How are we doing right now? But this was, yeah, way, this was a long time ago. And I'm like, it's all about compromise. And I thought it was one of those moments where the light bulb went on in the brain and yeah. I'm going, damn, how come nobody has told me about that? And it was about the word compromise that whenever there's a dialogue or a conflict in a relationship and both people come to the table and they both put out what they want compromises it's the answer to the situation of trying to problem solve it but then when you look at it like she had said somebody's losing out and it's so i guess bad. if that's your i if that's the ultimate view of your version of compromise then yeah to me that would be very sad too i'm not willing to say that i agree with that necessarily I don't, I but don't i do either. think that i think they both can win kind of I do. And I think if that's the goal is to remain connected in that thing and to truly want to do that for your partner with your heart and your partner wants to do the same, then I don't see any negative out of that. Right. Sure. Maybe you both don't get something that you want, but if you both still get stuff that you do, it doesn't have to be a win-lose, right? right? It just doesn't have to be. I also feel like we use compromise in a negative way, like she's saying, because we don't want to have the hard conversations. We right. don't want to call ourselves out. We don't want to call our partners out. We don't want to be real or be too much or, or be crazy or, or whatever. And, and so we make compromises that are not out of honesty. And in that, yeah, that's a lose. That's not a win. Right. I, I minimize myself and I'm saying things to make you feel better because I'm in my people pleasing trauma and I have a fear of abandonment and I, I'm scared of conflict and I'm scared of disappointment. Like at what point should I show up for myself out of those four? There are days that I have all four all the time. There are days that I have one and one is hard as fuck. Four with two people in my life. Like, fuck, I need, I, I, I mean, listen to me. Like, I can't, like, I can't even process. I'm already like fucking triggered. Like, it's just like it's so fucking much. And it's heartbreaking. I won't ever claim the identity. Let me be very clear for people out there. I don't like associating myself with my identity saying I am heartbroken. I always try and give myself some space and say the situation is heartbreaking. And the reason that 
I do that is because if I attach my identity to that, then that's who I am. I am broken. I am heartbroken. I am this negative. I am that negative instead of, I guess it's the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is I didn't like what I was doing. Shame is I am the bad thing, right? So for me, it's trying to remember to be able to, you know, hey, you're going through it and, and this stuff is happening, but it doesn't mean that you the person, you're not broken. It's just this really shitty thing. And I think it allows me to kind of show up as my own best friend, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm not in that shame spiral. And then I could go, okay, I hear you, baby. And yes, I can understand that that's frustrating. And yes, you have every right to be upset. And yes, that was very hurtful. I get it. And just show up and give yourself the love that you need in that moment. Mm-hmm. Nobody's taught this trauma healing is so amazing. Trauma releases the stuff that I do with my clients. And it's just so fucking amazing just to know that I can go back to my little, which I affectionately, I mean, it could be five hours ago, Jenna, it could be a day ago, Jenna, it could be nine-year-old Jenna, it could be whatever. And know that I've already survived the trauma. Right. Right. And so I show up as I am today with my little, and then walk through the trauma and then just hear what I had to say. It's a trauma because I wasn't validated. It was a trauma because I felt like I wasn't heard. It was a trauma because, 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 but I've already survived it. I know because I'm walking myself through it again. And then I get to listen to myself and validate myself where I wasn't from whoever was party of that conversation that was hurtful. Right. Right. So it's great if you can remember to do it. It's fucking amazing. But I'm not going to say that I have been even moderately successful. I I feel like I am a dinghy in the ocean. And I, it's not that I have a leak. It's just every time I bucket out the water, another wave comes and I'm sloshed again. And I just need the ocean (laughs) to like leave me alone. The ocean are are my partners and, and how they're feeling and, and, deserve to be heard and deserve to be respected and loved and cared for and shown up for. But goddamn, when I have a 50 gallon bucket that I'm trying to dump over and I get sloshed with another 50 gallons, what's my capability here? And then can I do this effectively? And I think that's where you're beat down and you're tired and your heart's hurting and It doesn't feel good. You have these visions of conversations past where you thought it was this wonderful outcome and it wasn't that, you know, I don't know. I just feel like people should know that it doesn't matter what type of relationship you have, whether it's open or closed, we're all going to go through this at points in our life. It's coming up, I think, with healthy boundaries and honestly being able to give them and stand by them and understand that those boundaries might inevitably cause a collapse of the relationship, but that you are honoring yourself. And that out of anything is the most important thing. That's where the self-esteem comes from. That's where the self-love comes from. That's, that's where all the things that we lack come from validating ourselves, honoring ourselves, applauding ourselves, being kind and gentle to ourselves. But God damn it. If we don't still show up for people, huh? Right. Right. So what do we want to tell people in the end of our day today? What do we want them to take away 
I know that we're all having heavy hearts or at least feeling the pull of energy right now, or maybe it's not all of us. I know that with the war going on and then us coming back together without having masks on, I know that's happening more and more out yeah. there. All trauma. I think, I think honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to maximize something that you tried to minimize, which is that mindfulness. I, I get that life is heavy and God damn it. It's a trudge. Sometimes survival mode is there for a reason. Absolutely use it to get from point A to point B. But when you realize you're living in it, that's not what that's for. So deep breaths, mindful meditation, getting in touch with your body again, taking care of yourself, being there for yourself in trauma moments, going back and giving yourself love and understanding. And it can be, I can totally understand how you feel that you're a failure in this. I don't make promises to my littles. I only know that I was there and and I don't know how the rest of my life is going to go. So it's just there to hear yourself validate. And then if you put one foot in front of the other and you breathe, you're going to make it to a day where maybe you can have the moment in your head that is that blue sky. And then you can go, I need to do this for myself. I need to be mindful. I need to go do yoga for 20 minutes. I need to go do breathing for 20 minutes. I need to go throw a baseball for 20 minutes. I need to go sit on the fucking toilet, close the door and look at memes for 20 minutes. Like whatever that little pleasure is for you. I'm a big proponent of finding nourishment in the moments. You might not get everything that you need, but if you can find some really good nourishing moments, that's sustainable, right? That's, it's not feast or famine. It doesn't have to be even a bad situation can be a nourishing moment. And it might be in a heavy way of, Oh, this moment made me realize we're not supposed to be together anymore. This moment made me realize whatever that is, if that's the moment and you learn something from it and you can grow from it, it's still nourishment, but definitely we don't, nobody needs help right now making it heavier. (laughs) We we certainly fucking don't. I think we just need to be kind and gentle to ourselves and show up for people when you can, but don't make it at the cost of your sanity. Don't make it at the cost of your heart. Don't make it at the cost of yourself and your boundaries, but I'm going to put it back on you. I want to hear what you want our listeners to learn from this week. I think the one thing that I, that comes to mind is, you know, from all of our conversations about the boundaries and whatnot, it all comes back to love, love yourself, accept yourself. One of the things I I have taken away from you many times in our conversations is that when I do something that I normally have done to love myself, to accept it, to say, you did good. We can do better in a, in a way, but you're okay. We're okay. We're safe. That's what I hear in my head. The other day I I had a, a client dealing with his anxiety as in like he was cycling and he was beating himself up. And I just kept repeating, you are doing great. You need to realize I see a good person here. Yeah. Reiterating to that. And I talked to his counselor today and she's like, yeah, it's one of his biggest problems is he's so down himself. And I didn't know that. And so being able to like, just keep validating that he was a good person that day was actually a good thing. I think that's amazing. And I want people to do that to themselves. I think that's the thing that comes out of all this, the wanting to be true to having an authentic life is I want people to learn how to love themselves because 
everybody from the time I was 18 has said self-love. If you can learn how to love yourself, you can achieve anything. I agree. Let's just, let's keep working on that. I think just be gentle. You know, that's the thing is that it's so easy to point out all of our flaws and it's so much harder. We're not taught to accept compliments, even from ourselves. So I think just having some grace. It's and easier breathing. to hear the negatives amongst the hundred positives. 100%. I, I heard somebody recently say that, why do all the negative things that we do or, or say, like it's all caps yelling at us, all the positive stuff is minimized and small. And yeah, I think that's, but that's what makes headlines. Yes. That's what makes news. That's what makes <laughs> drama. That's what makes shit talking. When you can hear that your life is better than somebody's in some way. That's it's kind of hard to take a, <laughs> and say no for, you know, every once in a while. I, I think we're all just, there's not a person on this planet alive that isn't traumatized. There's not a person on this planet alive that hasn't had some sort of trauma, whether it was pre-verbal or not, you, it will carry out in your life one way or another. And we're all broken humans we're asking people on our podcast to go be good humans. And I think that's part of what we're teaching is the mindfulness, is the acceptance and love, trying to get to your authentic self, understanding that that journey is really fucking hard. And the partners that you have didn't necessarily sign up for where you're ending up. Right. And that's horribly traumatizing in itself, right? I mean, you do this whole journey of digging in and healing around your traumas and you're so much better about so many things. And then your partner's like, I didn't sign up for this, you know? Right. And they're right. They did not And I don't know what to do with that. So I just continue to be myself because there's no part of me that wants my relationships to end. I, I have not hit a terminal mass on any of them, you know? Um, but it's definitely a struggle and it's, it's trying to balance that out with enough self-love and enough acceptance around my journey and who I'm trying to become. And, and that needs to be enough for me. I need to stop trying to find, I need to stop letting all of my validation come from other people. I, I, I need to stop needing that. I need to do better for me. And so I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and I'm going to keep my head down and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to have bad days and I'm going to have good days. Like I said, I'm pretty fucking happy most times. So I will just uh, find nourishment in the moments and hopefully, fuck, I don't know, hopefully <laughs> something. <laughs> I was going to add in there. It's right. It's, and sometimes you, the only thing that I do in my life, it's not day by day, it's minute by minute. And I know that's yeah. they talk about an alcoholic anonymous. It does come down to sometimes you just need to get through the minute. Absolutely. So you, you count this minute done, do another minute. Absolutely. I, again, survival mode is a thing. Please use it, but just don't get stuck in it. Right. right. And if you feel, if you are feeling in any of your relationships, any platonic or not, that, that you are stuck it is time to evaluate. It is time to start really checking yourself and your responsibility in that. And whether you're honoring your boundaries, whether you're people pleasing, any of that stuff, you know? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, just for the record, I think you're fucking tits. I love (laughs) you. 
<laughs> I adore you. And I, the other day, you really rocked my world the other day when we were talking. And it just reminds me so much about you're at my table. And you're I, at my table. And thank you for bringing your special gifts to me. And thank you and, for giving yourself to me too. I just love you. Like, just you've changed my life that one moment that we met and here we are being gooey gooey vulnerable and having a podcast and you know i just i'm tickled to death i wouldn't have it any other way even if this was our last episode ever i would just be like you're a forever for me you're a lifetime for me you're not a reason or a season you think you'll take that off <laughs> you're my forever person you're my person so we we're going to go ahead and end it here. And I want people to all go be good humans. We'll be good humans. But most importantly, I think this week we need everybody to be good humans to themselves. Yes. First, oh, or others. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. Just to let you know, you can check us and all of our resources out at orgasmicterrorist.com or you can leave us a message by calling 503 451 5234. Go be great humans to each other.